0: Welcome to the Booster Boutique podcast. I'm your host, Emily Benson, corporate merchant turned boutique owner turned consultant. I want you to start grow and scale your boutique business right here with me. If you're ready to master your mindset margins and marketing, you're in the right place. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Booster Boutique podcast. I am so excited that you're here. This is Emily, and I'm here with Andrea. Hi, Andrea. Hello. Uh, we're back for another episode of Boutique Besties, where we... What, are, what is our titling going to be for this? Like, where we break down what we love and hate about boutique land, <laughs>
1: Where besties bitch about <laughs> boutiques
0: it's just besties bitching about boutiques besties bitching about boutiques sorry asterisk don't let your kids listen to that little part sorry kids i still have a baby so i can still swear but that won't happen soon enough we'll have a problem with that and Um, i have
1: i have a teenager who we we're gonna cut this out but uh i heard him say the other day
0: (laughs) shane that's disgusting
1: i know i should keep this in the podcast so he can be embarrassed (laughs) I'll be like, all of Emily's listeners know that you said god, on
0: Xbox. <laughs> he's ridiculous. I was,
1: I was like, did that? Did I really hear? Did I really hear that come out of his mouth? Disgusting.
0: Oh my god. Anyways, um,
1: yeah, don't let your kids listen to us. We're inappropriate.
0: Yeah, we might be inappropriate on these episodes. Sorry, yeah. not sorry. Um, well, we're trying to have more fun. We're trying to have more fun. We're trying to talk about things as we have fun that are going to help you because we see it all like between andrea and i we talk to a ton of people we see it in our inbox we see it in the groups we see it on face like we just see a lot of things and we also see a lot of people doing things that we're like why are you doing that like we want to talk to the collective about it because
1: again we never want to be catty or come across bitchy because we're here to help you guys and also when we are telling you things that we're seeing, we want to also tell you how to not do it too. So we're going to give you the problem and we're going to give you the solution.
0: Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And you know, I think the thing is, is sometimes you just need to be told what to do and what not to do. And I find that a lot of people come to me and they're like, I just need you to like watch over my shoulder. That's been like something people have said lately to me a lot. Like I need someone to kind of like watch what I'm doing and like, tell me what they think, like, is it right or wrong? And I'm like, well, I don't know if I would like classify it as right or wrong, but I do think there are like best practices versus winging it, you know? (laughs) And sometimes if you're winging it and you're doing well, like all the power to you, you know, but there are certain points where like, you do want to. That's how best
1: practices happen. Sometimes you're winging it and you're like, shoot, we're going to keep doing this. And that's how best practices come to be
0: this is totally true. Um and in this episode like I really want to talk about kind of what basic things we see people doing that we're like what the heck like you know here's the here's the problem. We see a lot in our Facebook group come through and our Facebook group is like an approval post only. So we see everything that you guys try to post in our group including like prayer request videos and like your shares from random people's Facebook lives and we're like, what are you doing? Like we don't do that in here. That's not what this group is for. No spam. No spam. No things that you think are like important to you that just don't make sense to the group. Um and one of the things is really interesting is we see a lot of people ask questions that have been answered so use the search bar that group is like six years old now there are answers to everything just about everything I should never say it everything because that's not true but also like you guys Andrew and I want to let you know there's this cool thing on the internet and it's called Google please use Google <laughs> and please use searches outside of Facebook because a lot of times you're not going to find the answer on Facebook, but you're going to find it on Google. And I'm, I'm being like jerky about this, but also like maybe you're just not searching Google or YouTube. Remember, YouTube is also a search engine. You might not be searching it for the right keyword. We see people just asking questions that we're like, that's totally Google. Why are they asking our Facebook group?
1: Yeah. All the time. Very, very basic things that would come from a website that has the answer. Like, like the answer, there's one website with the answer, like licensing information or specifics about like a a tax question. When you put it on a Facebook group where there's almost 9,000 people who all have different opinions, who are all from different States, you got to go to your state.
0: Yes. You got to go to
1: your County. You have to go to your area. Yes. And it's all Googleable from actual legitimate websites. So that is the best place to get that information from, not from a Facebook group, guys.
0: Totally. I also find that, and I was talking to someone about this the other day. Um, if you post, like, oh, what point of sale system do you like? You're just going to get everyone's opinion. Like, you, like no one, cause it is so particular based on what people like, like we do have Shopify Fridays or point of sale. We have something in the group. I think we, we I about. think we
1: got rid of that because of that
0: reason. Did we?
1: Yeah. We just, <laughs> we just have find it Friday.
0: We just yeah. have find it. So just kidding. So search yeah. the archives for whatever we called Fridays point of sale, because the bottom line is, you know, we love Shopify. We love comments sold. Both have flaws. Both are not perfect. I actually have been liking Square. I have a client that uses Square in her in-store, and I actually kind of like it. I think she can send invoices too through Square. It just all depends on what you need for your business. It's going to be very very. It's super personal. It's super personal. And, you know, I think the thing is you can always change. Like, you're never locked into, like, oh, if I sign up for $29 Shopify, you're not really locked in for that forever. Like, you can switch to common tool. Like, you know, most of the time things will integrate with each other or move over, or, you know, you can download all your inventory and upload it into the new system. Right. Like that's the other thing is don't feel like you get locked in. Now, would I like use GoDaddy for my website? Probably not like (laughs) GoDaddy is really like they sell web domains, you know, like I wouldn't necessarily use that, but I think, I think that every website builder that you use is going to inherently have issues. What I will say is something like a Shopify or a common soul is built for boutiques. Like it is. It's e-commerce
1: specific. Yes.
0: Right. So we're going to always tell you to love that. Yeah. You want to look
1: for a platform that was originally built for e-commerce sites like Wix were not originally built for e-commerce. They now have developed an e-commerce side to them, but that was not their original building blocks. So Right. They now integrate that way, but they're not as ahead of the game as things like Shopify and Comments Sold. So those are our definitely our top two.
0: Totally. Sure. Well, and I you know, it's interesting. I know that Shopify and Comments Sold are more expensive than something like Wix, like mm-hmm. you know, 10 $20, $30. But it's interesting because someone even said, oh, should I upgrade to $79 from $29, the, the plan on Shopify the other day? And I was like, well, when you can afford $50 more a month, then yeah. That's really the difference. It's fifty dollars more. You're going to get more reports. You're going to get more thing, whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know the specifics, but you, I just know you're going to get better reports. So, like, there is a point where you want to spend fifty dollars more a month.
1: Yeah, there's certain apps you can't get unless you have
0: that. Oh, really? Version. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. You use Shopify ten thousand times more. I
1: myself. use Shopify. I'm in Shopify every single day. <laughs>
0: I just know it because I love its reports. So I'm always like, oh, let me, let's see the reports. But, you know, it's it's perfectly fine as a $29 program. And like $30 a month, that's like selling one shirt. Well, let's hope that you're selling one shirt a lot, you know? But I think also what we're learning too with these platforms and with social media and marketing is we see a lot of people going out and saying like, well, I want to grow. I want to grow. I want to grow. I want to grow. I don't know about you, Andrea you know, I don't know if your clients are using like PR firms or or Facebook ads, people like, I always think it's inappropriate at a certain point. Like, I think once you're just starting out, you do have to start organically, Mm -hmm. but like, where would you say some of your clients have seen success hiring people and like, at what point were they at and where have they like talk through some of that? Cause I feel like we probably both have perspectives, but they might be different.
1: Yeah. So I have one client who um, sells a singular product type. And uh, for the most part, up until last year, she was doing a lot of, she had a website, um, but she was doing a lot of selling through her social media and also like in-person shows, things like that. Obviously COVID had slowed that down significantly. So our kind of goal last year was to get her website up and running, but get it organized in a way that made sense to her based on kind of her business model, how she did things, her creativity. I'd say as of like last May, she really wanted to start running ads. And her business, I want to say, was doing a couple thousand dollars a month. So there was room for her to start running ads. And I will say that ads have made a huge difference in her business. She had a phenomenal end of year, I think, once we started running ads. It just completely took off. And then at the end of the year, she wound up hiring a PR person. So the amount of growth that we saw, I mean, she went, so in Boutique Training Academy, she went from like a BBBer to like a mastermind one-on-one client within the course of like six months, if we think about it in that term.
0: Just from ads. So, okay. But I feel like she was doing what, like five, six, $7,000 a month before she hired an ad person? Um, like Like she wasn't at like two to three. I just looked at these numbers the other day.
1: I want to say before the ads, like four to five.
0: Okay. Four okay. to five. Yeah. And she had had her business for, she's had her business at least four or five years.
1: 2018.
0: Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Cause I remember seeing her in an event.
1: Yeah. Probably it was in like, 2018,
0: but it was pop-ups. It was, yeah, it was, yeah. it wasn't as like, I'm going to run an online boutique business.
1: Yes. No, she was very, yes. The online stuff was like not, she was not into it, um, which is why she hired me uh, to help her kind of build her website. And her website was built. It just, a lot of the stuff was outdated. She didn't have the stuff that was on the website anymore. She just really needed a way to keep it organized. So that's kind of what we focused on last year. And once we got the website organized, we got inventory going and we started picking up some traction. She hired somebody to help her with the ads I don't know if we just hit gold with the audience that we built. And I mean, it took off like hotcakes. So I don't,
0: it's hard because. Yeah. I would also you know, say she has good products. Here's the thing. She has an Every, amazing product. Yeah. Right. And that's like, here's what I would say I think that when you have your product and your product assortment and your pricing really good, yeah. that's when, and, and like you've established it, like it's was going for a couple months, making money. That's yeah. when it can start to take off with ads. Yeah. Um, because I think a lot of people are like, well, I don't make any money. I should be running advertising to grow my audience. Yeah. I always worry that people are going to take a crappy product assortment that feels not quite right and spend a lot of money on ads when it wasn't quite right. So like, I like that you said we had to get her website looking good. We had to get her, you know, inventory kind of on par. Like you had to really go back to fundamentals and she, yes had been open at least two and a half-ish years before she started working with you, right? Right, right. She was, yeah, she was
1: primarily, again, in person. So I would consider her like a brick and mortar, even sure. though she was more of like a traveling. And she did stuff, she sold, she would post stuff on like her Instagram and um, and people would DM her and she would do, do it that way. But she knew she wanted to reach more people. So she knew she needed to have a website. Um, she just wasn't quite sure how to organize it. And how right. to organize her inventory, but also stay in a space where she could be creative because she didn't necessarily want to mass produce the same thing, a hundred of them. Because that's kind of her whole thing is everything's handmade, which is also completely and totally wild, the success that she's had with
0: a handmade product. I mean, she's And just, everything's like mix and match. Like you can kind of design your own too, right? So she has, yes. So she has
1: a mix and match- like design your own style, but then she has things that she designs and she will sell like as is
0: one off. Um, she'll create like four or five. Okay. Of those. Yeah. So that was my biggest issue with her business. When you first started working with her, I was like, everything's different. That's so annoying. Like you can't grow a business that way.
1: Yep. Yeah. So we've really, really yeah, we have really kind of gotten her product assortment perfect. And she really, Created a very nice formula for her and she's still doing it all herself. But the other thing we did that I think is really important is uh, we had the social proof. So we installed an application through Shopify that encouraged people to leave reviews because we really wanted, she was getting a lot of reviews through social media, but we wanted them on the website so people could have that social proof. And it gave people a discount for the next time that they shopped. So if they left a review, they would get 10% off their next purchase.
0: This is an app.
1: It is an app. It is judge.me
0: judge.me. Okay.
1: Yep. So it's does it a really, send an email after you buy? It's like seven days after you purchase it, asks you to review the product. And then as a thank you, it will send you a coup. I mean, you could do like $5 off. You could do, you could set it up however you want. We did 10% off. And so we have like f- over 500 reviews on the site now, which is oh my just, gosh, which is just wild.
0: Like, have you guys looked at your coupon usage? After from judge.me, like how many people bought in December, got a coupon, and came back and used it in January?
1: I have not looked at that yet.
0: Okay, personally. I would look at that because I had a client once who would do $5 after she actually did it after an in store purchase, come back and get $5 mm-hmm. off. Like I think it was in a, the next month. Well, I know and our, like, returning, our
1: returning is 33%. Our
0: that's great. Rate. Yeah, I do know you that. You should see. Yeah, you should see how many people are using those coupons because. I remember this client was like, oh, I do at least like an extra $3,000, $4,000 a month from people that come back and like use their $5 off coupon, like $5, like $5 is nothing. (laughs) It's crazy, (laughs) but people love it. They, they use it. Right. So in terms of hiring ads people, I mean, I've been in the same situation where we do offer an ads, Facebook ads in a weekend course inside of six figure boutique blueprint and in mastermind, which. I've heard musings that people that actually take it, we haven't had a ton of people like take it before now, but the people that have, I heard like through the grapevine, someone was like, oh yeah, that girl took your class and it like made her a bunch of money. And I was like, we need a testimonial. <laughs> like <laughs> like I, sometimes I feel like I'm like the best kept secret. Like my stuff is like the best, kept, like, you know, and it's funny because like we ask for testimonials, but it's, it, Whatever, if you want to send us a testimonial of your product or something you've taken from me, please send it because I need other people to know how my stuff works. You know, social proof, baby. That aside, yes, as you're talking about it, and that aside, you know, to be honest with you, I think Facebook ads work when you have a business that works. So, like, once you've proven yourself, once you have an assortment that works. Facebook ads, Instagram ads, they absolutely can work. That said, when you talk about, you know, your client and even my clients, I've had success running ads with clients that just us, you know, like me helping them do it. I also will say there's a certain level where I'm like, I don't want to do them anymore because I'm not on top of it. So like I have clients who are doing, you know, who far surpassed like the $100,000 a month mark who I suggest hiring it out to someone else um, yeah. and we have like a couple resources that we like that we send people to um, but i would say like you know when you do work with an agency and you don't work with just me under like a coaching contract or a mastermind contract it's gonna be way more expensive like it costs a good i know one company's five thousand dollars a month just for their services let alone that's not your ad spend um right. what kind of reads have you heard from agencies or people
1: um I'm trying to think of one person that I I had talked to with another client I want to say I mean I feel like they were a little more reasonable I want to say they were like fifteen hundred dollars okay um and that wasn't including ad spend but right. I want to say they were relatively newer yeah
0: like
1: she had branched off from a PR firm and was kind of doing it on her own got
0: it um
1: and this was like maybe a year and a half ago. So I don't know if her rates have changed,
0: but um, I think that's about right though. Like 15,000 to 5,000 I'm sorry, 1500. Yeah. 1500 to 5,000. That's that's just like about right. Yeah. Plus ad spend. So, I mean, that's the other piece of it is it is going to cost money to run ads. Um, Yes. With the ad spend, but also with um, how much you need to pay the person. And I always just feel like that's unnecessary when you're first starting out, like, you need to get people to know you, you you know, growing organically sucks. It's not easy. It's actually like super hard. And I sit here Mm -hmm. having put in the time and energy and effort to like show up every week on Facebook live and collect the emails and do the marketing and grow the Facebook group and comment in other people's Facebook groups. And, you know, like just because like I've gotten to a certain level doesn't mean I'm not going to still do that stuff. I, I I even said to you guys, I was like, after this launch, I need to, once my voice comes back fully, I want to do Facebook lives more often because I feel like I need to just get myself back out there and kind of get back on the wagon because it's so important for people to see you.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, the way that ads work through social media, through Facebook, Google, Instagram, they're not going to know who your audience is if you don't have an audience yet. So they're not gonna have the data in order to actually attract other people that is going to buy your product. So it's not even worth it for you to run ads when you're just starting out, if you don't have that data yet. Plus, I mean-
0: Boom, 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 no, that's totally right.
1: I mean, it's not even worth spending the money on. And if you're not ready to spend 15 to $5,000 just on a company to do it for you, plus ad spend, uh, unless you wanna learn how to do it yourself, which again, You got to think of your time as money too. It's just not worth it. Really spend that time that you would be spending on trying to figure out how to run ads. Spend it hitting the pavement. Spend it showing up. Spend it creating amazing emails. Spend it creating amazing social media posts. Spend it getting to know your customers and your audience and just showing the hell up.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. And I would say be efficient with your time. So like when we talk about showing up and being, you know, being there and hitting the pavement, hitting the pavement doesn't mean running circles around four different neighborhoods. It means like pick a neighborhood and do, do it really well. Like do a couple laps. Yeah. I will forever talk about how I built my business on Facebook. Like you can't tell me I haven't built my business on Facebook and granted that has branched off. And now YouTube and podcasts are like my biggest drivers. That's how, but podcasts and YouTube, I would get people to come to Facebook, get people to come to the Facebook group, you know? So it definitely evolves over time, but like I feel like when you pick one thing and you know your people are there, you know they're hanging out there, you have to get really good at that one platform, which is why, again, when I'm like, I want to do TikTok, and you're like, no, we're not doing TikTok. No. Yeah, no TikTok, no TikTok, Emily. No TikTok. Okay, exactly. so let's talk about being efficient. So, efficient on social media means picking a platform. And being really good at it. And that, like that on Facebook could mean you have a a group and a page. That's fine. Like you can totally do that. But it's when people are like, I'm doing Pinterest, I'm doing TikTok, I'm doing Instagram. Like just no. Don't spread yourself too thin. No, you can't. What I found to work really well is having a launch day or a launch time either once or twice a week where you basically it works for two reasons. I was doing this back in like 2013. I would do these auctions on Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. on my Facebook page. I would manually upload like 30 items (laughs) They would drop every minute on my Facebook page, and people could like bid on them. So it was like the highest, you know. I think I did a starting bid, or maybe I just did prices. I don't. I think I called it an auction, but it wasn't really an auction. I think so it was just like, prices. If I. I think it was too. That yeah. Far back. Yeah. It was a long time. It was, it was a like, long time ago. OG Facebook live, but not Facebook live. Cause that wasn't a thing then. Nope. Um, but from seven to eight, I would drop a bunch of products like every minute or every three minutes or something. And it was through an app called sold C and I would sell a bunch of it and then I'd ship it out. And I did it mostly during the winter. I really started in the winter because I didn't really have a great website. Like Websites weren't really that big then. Like, I mean, that seems yeah. so like crazy cause it was less than 10 years ago, but like, I used um some weird website, like Shopify was barely a thing. And I would make money on my auctions in the winter because I didn't, wasn't out in the truck. So I'd take my dead merchandise, I'd mark it down, and I'd be like, here, I have one small in this, and it's $15, you know, and it's normally $40. And it was like the original Facebook Live, but people loved it. They told me like, I would they get so excited for Wednesday nights. I'd send an email before, you know, I'd hype it up before, also too. But that kind of I think has evolved into the idea of like a launch schedule where it's like you pick one day, you launch a bunch of stuff, and it really works. I remember like a year and a half after I closed my store. I was on the phone with a friend and she said, Hey, I went out to dinner with this woman. And she was telling me how much she missed your Wednesday night auctions, how that was like the favorite, her favorite part of the week. She would like log on to your Facebook and like keep refreshing it and see what you had to buy. Cause it was all like, I mean, you would call it now like a single sale, but like there was like an OG single sale. And I still think about that now. Like, wow, people really do get obsessed with the day of the week that something launches.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, I get obsessed
0: with Fridays
1: and you don't lie. <laughs>
0: Well, I feel like a bunch of our favorite boutiques launch stuff on Friday. Yes,
1: yep. Yeah. And I always like watch a, on Thursdays because they typically tease what's coming out on Friday. And I'm like, oh,
0: yeah.
1: what's coming out of this boutique? Do I want something?
0: Yes, yes. And, get and I get my think, credit card ready. Totally. Well, and I think a lot of people think they have to be launching things new every day or all the time or doing Facebook lives every day. And like, you really just don't. To be efficient with your time, pick a day of the week where you want to launch. Maybe you do two days. You're picking the day because your clients and your customers are gonna get used to having you on that day. but then you can also plan your week around that day. And I think that is a big piece of it too, is that when you're launching all the time, you're just constantly shipping, you're constantly photographing. you know, if you launch once a week, everything you do builds up to that day. So you can one whole day take all your pictures, one whole day, do a, schedule your social media one whole day, you know, you break it down. So it makes life so much easier. And I think honestly, getting that launch day going. I mean, I have someone who now launches once a week. And we were talking about how the way that started was we saw that Fridays were like a good day and earrings sold really well. So on Friday, she launched a new collection of earrings and that's what evolved now. And now she doesn't even sell jewelry. And I was like, whoa, that has changed so much in four or five years. That's crazy to me. But centering around a launch day is what really works. So that's what I think being efficient is about.
1: Yeah. I've been trying to get quite a few of the boutiques that I work for onto a launch schedule, which sometimes it's tough. I will say if you have a physical store and an online store, uh, a new commerce store, sometimes it can be a little bit hard to like manage the whole launching things um, because you want to put it out in store when you get it. Cause technically that's money sitting in a back room. So I understand that, that dilemma, uh, but there's still a creative way that you can do it where
0: you can still launch it to your online audience. The root of all this is like not being as busy as you think you need to be. I think like All of this stuff is how can we be more efficient with your time, more efficient with your headspace, more efficient with your physical being? Because at the end of the day, I'm just so sick of seeing people in Facebook groups be like, I work 24 seven and I love it. And I work all the time. And I like, that's not sustainable. Like, and I know you're big on this and I feel like you should speak to this because I do work at like two in the morning because I, I never say I'm busy but I do work really weird hours and that's just how I do it because I'm creative and I'll get an idea for something and I'll write an email at three. I mean, Andrea is always like the timestamp on your emails are absurd, Emily, but that's like, we're moving out of that because we're like moving like she's sleeping through the night now. So, <laughs> um, but when my baby wasn't sleeping through the night, I'd wake up and I'd have an idea and I'd feed her and I'd put her back down and like write an email, you know, and just like whatever. And I think Andrea works much more efficiently than I do. And it's because she's decided she doesn't want to be busy all the time. Yeah.
1: I mean, I would say January for me was a little bit different. I definitely fell back into the trap of working a lot longer hours than I would like to admit that I was, but I will say that even though I was working a lot, I wasn't unhappy about it. I still felt really productive and I still felt good about it. Like this past sunday we had a big snowstorm here in massachusetts on saturday and uh we got a foot and half of snow and so sunday morning you know the skies come out beautiful blue skies i'm like i'm gonna get i woke up like 6 30 in the morning on a sunday look outside i'm like i'm gonna go shovel my car out i'm gonna go do it because i know these ding-dongs ding-dong is my favorite word guys you'll probably (laughs) hear me say it a lot Emily's like, that's not nice. I'm like, it's better than other words I can say. <laughs> <laughs> so these dang dogs just, to, yeah, the guys that plow my, where I live are not great. So I knew I was going to shovel out my car. So I go out to shovel out my car. I come back in. I am like fired up. I whip up my laptop. I whip up the I- iPad. I got all these great ideas. I'm creating social media content left and right. I'm posting stuff here and there and I'm emailing poor Malia on our team. And I'm like, this girl's going to think I am like, like, what is this crazy girl doing working on Sunday morning? Like, what is she doing?
0: You did your cold therapy outside and you had got energy. It was like a cold shower, but yes.
1: Cold outside shoveling snow. (laughs) Yes. So I was, but I was energized and it felt really good. So I think that speaks more to working when it feels good because you know what? I had a day actually the day that I came to visit you. So I took Wednesday and I came to see Emily and my sweet Adeline girl and because I hadn't seen her since Christmas so I took a good chunk of the day off because I wanted to go see my baby
0: yeah
1: and I knew I needed that for my sanity it had been kind of a tough week a lot of stuff going on a lot of the to-do list was absurd but again it's this whole concept of like normalizing being busy
0: you know well Normal. I would I would say normalize like doing what feels good when, when it feels, it feels good and you yes. need it. You know what I mean? Yes. And that's not possible for everyone. We, you and I have like really pretty flexible schedules because yes. you have an older kid. I have a younger kid. So yep. it does kind of work for us. But you're right in terms of like, you know, when it is a crazy week, taking a minute to like do something that feels good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I knew I needed that.
1: And I've done that a couple of times where, you know, I took. Wednesday seemed to be a good day for me to take off for some reason. I think like a couple of weeks before I had spent the whole day with uh, my best friend and her kids and we had breakfast and then like went to Target, you know, we just did something yeah. silly and we saw, and I hung out with her kids for a little bit. Um, but just making sure that you also take the time to like fill your cup back up.
0: Yes. Well, and you, I mean, I will say though, you normally work in time blocks. So yes. you like block your week out mm-hmm. and you work in a time block situation. Yes, I have to. I have to, <laughs> how does that work though? Working in time blocks. Cause I don't do that. So, I make a to-do list so that I just work through it. And
1: I, Yeah. I think because for me, I, I have more like Emily is my primary person that I work for. I work like the most hours for her. So she gets the majority of my time every week, but I do have other clients that I work for every week. So they get assigned times. Um, and I also have meetings that I take. So, you know, Emily and I have a meeting every Monday and then I have a calendar. I have like a calendar where people can book time with me, but I've really narrowed that down because what I've found is if I meet with someone and they take an hour of my time, it then takes me 30 to 40 minutes to kind of come off that call mm. where it's like I'm organizing everything that we talked about, making sure that I have everything that I know I need to do for them. So really it's an hour call turns into like a two hour call.
0: So I really try
1: and and minimize how many calls that I take a week because I know that's a good chunk of my time. So how I time block is on my, I use a planner. I'm a big planner gal, like a physical planner. And I will just block out specific chunks of my day dedicated to each person. And if I don't use that whole time, I don't use that whole time.
0: Oh, you don't, you just stop working and take it off.
1: Nope. Well, I'll move on to something else. Okay, and, I'll just, got and it. then I'll
0: just end my day earlier got it okay because yeah. you pretty much work a pretty set schedule
1: for the most part yeah I usually yeah. try and work I mean I also well up until next week um, I also teach spin classes Monday Wednesday Friday so in Wednesdays and Fridays I teach in the morning so I'm not home until like you know, 8 45, and then I have to shower. So usually I start later on those days because I have to get home, shower, get the dog out, all that fun stuff. So I don't start until a little bit later on those days, but most days I'm usually at my desk by like 7.30, 8. Yeah, you're early. I'm an early bird. Yes. But I work better. And I know this about myself. I work better earlier in the day, usually by like three o'clock is when I start to like get like that sundown yeah. where things start to get like a little sloppy and like I yeah. start to get a little irritated so yeah I try and get all my work done before three and leave like the really simple easy stuff to the end of the day
0: well and that takes discipline I mean when you started out as an entrepreneur you weren't doing this oh god no no <laughs> no but this is what you've learned over the course of what, three years as a yep. self-employed, like entrepreneur, you've had to have the discipline to time block because why? Because everyone, you, because you have a full set of clients and I would compare this to boutique owners who have customers coming at them. Like you have people coming at you all the time, all the time, every day with their emergencies. Yep. Their with, emergencies. Not emergencies. I, 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 do I have a lot of emergencies? No. No, not really. I try not to. And I'm always like, would you please have time to do this?
1: Yeah. I I think there's been maybe like in the three years, maybe like two that you're like, this needs to get done right now.
0: Yeah. But you have a lot of people that come to you with their emergencies is what you always tell me. Yeah. But it's not really an emergency. (laughs) (laughs) It's their emergency. Wait, say your tagline that you tell me all the time.
1: Yeah. Your emergency does not constitute
0: my priority. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. And that's honestly, it's managing energy
1: again. It's 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 managing managing people's energy.
0: Yeah. And it's all the time. Customers want something in five minutes. Like they bought a shirt, like relax. Like, you know, I think at the end of the day, we like, we want to have great customer service and we want to be on top of things. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, like it's also, we're, we're not, like dealing with emergency, we're not first responders. We're not dealing with a- actual emergencies. So I think that's the other thing is, we all have to take it down a little notch um, because because I do think the busier we are, the more anxiety we have, or the more kind of reactive we get to ourselves and our business. And when we come from a place of like being on the offensive rather than the defensive. Then we're guiding our day. We're guiding where we're going. That's why I love your time blocking because, like, you're not reactionary to things. Like, you're like, oh, I I did that, or oh, that's on my, you know, I a lot of times you're like, oh, it's already on my list. I just haven't gotten to it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's part of it too is like having your time blocks, having your set schedules. Like, if you're a new entrepreneur and you're listening, you're a new boutique owner. Like, you have to have discipline. Like, that's the hardest part is like when you're an employee. You are told when to show up. You're told when you can go home. You're told when meetings are. Mm -hmm. And that just does not happen when you're a small business owner.
1: No, I think to coming from corporate and I'm going to share kind of a, a valuable lesson that I learned from my previous employer, but coming from corporate where, you know, I had been up until leaving corporate three years ago, I had always you know, had a job where I was told what time to come in, what time I could take break, what time I could leave, what time meetings were. So I was so used to that. So when I left and I had all of a sudden, all of this free time, nobody to tell me where to go, when to be, who like what to do. It was very exciting, but it also becomes very overwhelming because you do have to manage your time. And luckily I think because of how I put myself through school, I actually was able to kind of jump back into that time management pretty quickly because I put myself through online school for both the majority of my undergrad and my entire master's program. So, um, and most people are like, I have no idea how you did that. There's like so much discipline required. So, I use a lot of the tools from my programs from going to school in entrepreneurship because I was like, it's what I had to do. You know, I was working full time too at that time because yeah, you a had college. a child yeah. and I had, and I was raising a child by myself. So, yeah. well, I say by myself. I was a single parent, but I had my amazing parents helping me too. But a valuable lesson I learned from a not so great boss who I will probably never give her any other credit other than this one lesson that she taught me. Terrible, terrible, lots of trauma. But when I first started working there, we had a help desk and I had never used a help desk before when I got into that department. And I always just wanted to like jump right on that help desk. I wanted to get everything that came in that was assigned to me done right away because I wanted to make people happy. I wanted to, you know, do it as quickly as possible and just get it done. And when I went in for my first monthly, like sit down with her, she basically told me, stop doing that because you are creating the expectation that you are going to get things done in five minutes. When you start to develop into this job more and you have more responsibilities and you don't get things done in five minutes, what have you just trained all of these people to expect from you to have it done in five minutes? So you are actually setting the precedent for your customers by responding so quickly. So just think about that as you start to build your customer service relations, maybe not responding within 20 minutes, giving it a couple hours. If you respond in the same day, that's great customer service to be completely honest, you know, a couple of hours, same day. I think that's fabulous, but you do not have to respond to them within five, 10, even within the hour. Okay. And if they're, if they're demanding an answer, that's their problem, not your problem.
0: Agreed. Agreed. So that's one valuable lesson
1: I will take away from. I love it. Particular. It's true. No, it's (laughs)
0: always true. It's always true. I mean, you cannot be expected and I've now learned this like especially having a newborn baby who you just have no clue what they're gonna be like that day or that hour. Like you just can't respond automatically. like you just can't. And for people that expect you to is absolutely insane. Um, but let's wrap this episode up. We've talked about so many good things. I'm like, whoa, we're going really long, but also it's okay because we're gonna have longer episodes sometimes. So thanks Andrea, this was really fun. Thanks, Abby. Uh, we will talk to you guys soon. Thanks so much for tuning in to Boutique Besties. We'll be back in a couple weeks with another episode. Here's to making lots of friends and making lots of money.
1: Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Boost Your Boutique podcast. If you wouldn't mind taking a second to go ahead and scroll down if you're on the Apple podcast or Spotify and leaving us a quick rating and review we would really appreciate it it helps more amazing boutique ceos just like you find this podcast and this incredible free resource thanks again for listening and we will see you in a few weeks